Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Definitely important things as you're installing uh, an offense. And as you mentioned, you guys do a lot of the uh, more traditional NFL West Coast type of things. Uh, You look at Mike Bloomgren and especially I think the fingerprint he put on uh, Stanford with power football and some of the things that he was doing on the goal line now, which are part of Rice football. you know, it's it's uh, it's going to take some detail. And so one of the first things I think when you, you think of your offense, uh, you're going to want to know about power and how do, how do you guys run power. And I think one of the key uh, blocks in that is is that double team, right? You're really attacking, uh, you know, that point in the defense. And if you can get some movement there and displacement, you're going to get that play going. So it's critical. You've mentioned it a little bit here in, in you know, and how you're breaking things down. But if you would uh, talk to our listeners about those key coaching points on that power double team. Sure. So uh, for us, you know, power is, it's like our program play. It is, it is who we are. Um, you know, I, I briefly mentioned it in regards to Stanford, but at Rice, our motto as a team is intellectual brutality. And we do feel like this play it's kind of the epitome of intellectual brutality in the sense that like it is a tough, nasty, hard nosed play, but our knowledge of the play and the knowledge our guys have is like, they're equipped to, for anything. Like if defense does anything, they'll be equipped to handle it. And so um, that's kind of the intellectual side of things. And so it really is a, it is a program play for us. And we spend a lot of time on it. Uh, It is our first install when we're in full pads. You know, it is a, it is a national holiday around the building. You know, coach Bloom is walking around just a little bit different. You know, the O line is walking around just a little bit different. I mean, it's, it's a culture thing, man. The play is really, really, it is part of our culture and part of our offense. And so um, I think that is a key point of the play, right? Like if you're an O line coach and you love the play, your O line should love the play too. They should have just as much passion for power as you do, because if they don't, then they're, they're not going to execute it well. And so I think that is, is, is critical is, is um, kind of imparting that same enthusiasm that you have as a no line coach or a, or a head coach or whatever. Um, I think it's important to impart that, that passion to the guys. And so 
Um, <clears throat> a couple of things I think we do really well on the play, um, besides just having answers. And if you have questions, you can talk about how we handle things. Uh, I think we're really good at skip pulling. Um, you know, it's something that we, that we practice literally every single day. The guys come out to practice. The first thing they do when they walk out to practice is skip pull. Like, I don't even have to be out there yet. And they know that they should be skip pulling. And it's kind of a joke. I mean, it has been for years, just like <laughs> my, me running out to practice and, you know, them, them starting their skip pulls as I'm getting out there. And it's, uh, it's just the expectation, right? And, and it's, it's cool how much pride they take in it. And, uh, and it shows like we, we are really good. We're tight on our pulls. We're inside out on linebackers. We're aggressive. We're downhill. Uh, and I think that's a really important part of the play is really, really training those pullers, um, you know, to be, to be, to be dominant as they pull. Cause it is a, it's a, it's, it's one of the most important parts of the play. And, you know, we get into thing, we talk about swabbing color, you know, if you can ever create extra movement on a down lineman, we want to do that. We want to be tight to the double team, you know, what everybody else coaches on the play. Um, but I do think like we invest a heck of a lot of time in it every single day. And, uh, and I think that's an important part of it as guys are getting the feel for it. And stop me if you have any questions. I'm kind of just giving you the overview here. Uh, and then the double team. So the double team is, <clears throat> it is, it's flying at rice. You know, it really is. Like when I first saw this double team with Coach Bloom talking about it on that cool clinic tape, I was, I loved it. And, uh, you know, since then I've done a clinic on it and it's just been kind of cool to see the evolution of that. And we've changed a little bit how we do it over the years. But um, so the, the technique itself, is a, is a high leg combination. It's a high leg double team. And, you know, one of the big parts of our philosophy is, is it's, it's not that we always have to necessarily get vertical movement. It's just that we need movement. So it can be lateral movement as well. And that's really, that's really what this double team is trying to take advantage of. And I'll get into that in, the, in a second. Now, the first part of the double team is probably how everybody coaches it. The inside man uh, of the double team, we call him the postman. And so his, his footwork is going to be jab crotch or settle step and crotch, or he'll, he's going to step inside foot first, a four inch lateral step. And then his second step is going to be vertical straight through the crotch of the defender. Now that first step, I think is one of the hardest things to coach in football, the settle step, the pick it up, put it down step, um, especially for high school guys. So trying to teach this thing in high school, it was a high investment just to get that, that step right to make sure we're moving in the correct direction. And, um, and we spent a lot of time on it, and I've tinkered with it a lot, you know, uh, whether it's a small vertical step, whether it's a pick it up, put it down, whether it's a lateral step, whether it's near leg, near shoulder. Like, we've, we've tinkered with everything. And, uh, you know, for Coach Bloomgren, he wants a four-inch lateral jab step, and that helps us handle movement really well in case we get any kind of cross face. And so, um, so that's great. And then the other one that we'll use by situation is near leg, near shoulder. Um, depending on the team, depending on the player that we're playing against. And so those are really the techniques that we use at Rice with the first step. Now, the second step has got to be through the, the crotch down the midline of the defender. If he reduces that step in, in at all, like towards his inside foot, you're not going to have nearly enough surface area on the defender, and then he's going to be able to split the double team. And so that second step is critical that it's straight down the crotch of him. Now, up top, uh, we usually use the flipper although we do give guys the ability to use like an open strike if they want to. Uh, I don't, we don't tend to gravitate towards that though. Like we're really trying to lift and stand that guy up. And so we try to get our shoulder underneath and lift. And I want my, like my, uh, 
the, the top of my arm to try to hit me in the, my forehead. Like that's how much force I want to bring vertically through that defender um, to try and stand them up. And so that's just, that's really just the footwork. And of course, like in any gap scheme play, our eyes are going to be inside. So the, the postman of the double team is responsible for any run through, whether it's another D lineman, whether it's a linebacker, that's not his responsibility, whether it's a linebacker that is his responsibility, he's got that inside gap. And so what we really try to contextualize for the postman, for the inside man and the double team, is that he has three really important responsibilities, okay? He's got to expose the ribs of the defender, so that goes back to the lift I was talking about. Mm -hmm. He's got to prevent penetration, and that goes in with the second step, right? Like, or really both steps. So if my first step's backwards, there's probably going to be penetration. If my first step is too big, there's probably going to be penetration because he's going to win the first meaningful touch. And so I've got to prevent penetration at the point of attack. The play is no no good if there's penetration at the point of attack on power so it is his job and he's got to understand it's his job and you find that they uh there's a little bit more urgency with getting that footwork right whenever they know that like the whole play is contingent on their their you know their postman of the double team you know which seems relatively insignificant um it's actually an integral part of the play and they have to know that right and, and they're again if their passion mirrors yours then then it becomes really important for them to master really quickly and then the last thing that they have to do is prevent compression down towards the ball. So I can't, I can't get reduced down towards the, where the ball started. So uh, the guard on a three technique, he's got to hold his ground. He can't get pressed down because if he does, then the tackle is going to be like chasing the three tech forever, right? Mm -hmm. Because three tech will press the guard down. Guard won't be able to climb. Tackle will never get in its fit. Will never move anybody anywhere. And then again, like if you don't get movement, it's pretty difficult. And so those are the three responsibilities that he has to understand. Uh, where we're unique, okay, uh, and this is where we're unique is the outside man. Uh, we call it the drive man. And we're going to use more of a high leg technique. So we're going to be square the whole time, and we're going to try to get our shoulder in the hip of the defender. And so, like, why do we do this? I think it's really important to understand um, because it is very different. You know, most people want to mash it vertical, want to get that three technique off the ball, and there is a lot of merit in that. I'm not right. saying that there is um that that's not a good way to do it it's, it's a great way to do it clearly right it's withheld the test of time and um we just we just like to do it a little bit different um and so talking about like physics right whenever whenever two guys if you have if you're kind of in the traditional down block uh by the outside man and just kind of like vertical block by the inside man what ends up happening is they're both blocking against each other on the three technique so the tackles blocking down the guards somewhat blocking vertical and out and so you're losing some of your force in that equation right, right. It, it does cancel out and so what we want to do is we want to just lift that defender with the guard right and that three technique is going to do what he's going to play the guard he's going to put his hands on the guard he's going to put all of his force vertically through the guard so all of his resistance is going vertically and so that means for us to push him vertically, it's going to be a lot harder. But when all of his force is going vertically through the guard as the tackle in the double team, I have got like, I've got all, like, I can just tee off on this guy knowing that he has no lateral resistance. And so knowing that there's no lateral resistance in this thing, we can knock this guy over a gap or two. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily matter for us if we did it vertically or laterally as long as we displace it. Right. And so – um, and so like that is, that's kind of the reasoning behind. So our force will work in the same direction, uh, I think is, 
is, is really integral. And then the other thing is you can maximize your force on the defender by attacking where he's not defending, essentially. Like he's not trying to resist you laterally. So just hit him laterally, right? Like take, take what he's given you. And so um, that's the philosophy. That's the why. So as the, as the tackler, the outside man or the drive man in the double team, uh, lateral footwork, it's got a little rhythm to it. It's, it's like step, step, step. It's not like in, it's not even tempo. There's like a little hop in there, I guess, kind of gallop is, is how most people talk about it. Uh, and so our first step, we're going to be trying to gain ground to the crotch of the defender. We're square. Our second step is going to come underneath us. And then again, our third step is going to kind of be through um, through kind of his outside, his near foot or across um, that foot and kind of through his crotch. And our shoulder is going to be down in his hip. Now, when we talk about this block, I think when you talk about pad level, I think what ends up happening is guys just bend at their waists um, because they feel like they're doing the right thing, right? We want your shoulder in his hip. And the reasoning for the hip is there you can't produce resistance in a hip. There's no way to resist in the hip, right? If I try to attack you in your upper body, you can lean into me. If I try to attack you in your lower body, you can press into me. But if it's a hip, you have no way to create resistance there. So that's why we like that target. But what ends up happening is guys want to bend at their waist. And so you have no power, right, when you bend through your waist. Force doesn't travel through curves. Mm -hmm. And so if we can bend our hips and kind of keep our, our back and our spine straight, but be at a really low hip level, then you're cooking with grease, right? Now you've got the pad level that you want, but you're also able to maximize your force. And so got to be really clear with guys that it's not just about getting your shoulder in that spot. It's about making sure that your hips are down and you're not bending at your waist. You get like a little bit of bend in the waist, but like it shouldn't be, you're, you shouldn't be looking at like a 90 degree angle on a guy, <clears throat> which is a, again, it's a habit that I've seen like year time and time again, when I've installed this thing with guys. So that's just something to be ready for. So when we talk about the contact, when we talk about wanting to hit that hip, we say like, hey, if you were trapped in a burning room and you had to break a door down, what would that look like, right? You'd kind of skip into it. You'd throw your shoulder, everything you have into the door. You'd bring your hips low through it, right? And that's what we want. That's exactly what we want. Hey, picture you're trying to, to break out, uh, break down a door in a burning room. And, and you're typically going to get exactly what you want from those guys. And in terms of the hip level, the violence that they should bring into it. It is not a passive block. You have got to knock the piss out of those guys. And when you do, you get some really nice lateral movement, man. It is really cool to see it uh, when it's done the right way. And, and there's a clinic out there somewhere that we did recently that I'm sure you can YouTube if you need more information on it. Uh, if you Google my name and, and uh, uh, Gap Scheme Double Team, I think you can probably find one that's out there that we did uh, a year ago. So if you need more info on that. Um, so getting into some of the other intricacies of it, um, you know, he is he is assuming that he's going to stay as the drive man. He's going to stay in that double team uh, and that the guard is going to is going to end up being the one to come out of the double team. Now, if he gets it knocked all the way across then the tackle is going to climb to the, the backer that they're working to. But if he doesn't get across and they kind of get into a fit and they're driving him from the fit, depending on the team that you play. But in our conference, it tends to be the guard is going to pop out more. The tackle should really never come out of the double team until he feels his work come all, all the way across his face. So when you watch guys do this technique, they want to leave the double team too soon. Like they see the backer, they have the angle on the backer, they want to go get it right now, and it's just not necessary. Like, and, and again, it goes back to this idea of like, we just need to displace them from where we're going, not necessarily 
I don't have to go meet him on the other side of the ball. Or I don't have to stop him from getting to the A gap or the B gap. If he's going to flow all the way over the top, what we end up doing is we just call it a U out. So as he flows over the top, we'll just turn him out at that point and run him like out towards the tight end or out towards the, you know, the field, if you will. And so again, like that allows us to buy more time in our double teams, but, it, it, but we're also not working uphill, right? If he wants to overrun things or play really laterally and I can keep that man in transition moving laterally, then I've done my job, right? So if I catch a man in transition and I keep him in transition, then I've won. It's done. And so um, that's how we buy more time in the double teams. And I think that is an incredibly important coaching point when talking about, like, when do you actually leave the double team as the outside man? It is not until he is completely past your face that you leave the double team. Never, never before. If a guy tries to go meet him in the gap, what, what happens nine times out of ten? We just get stood up in the gap or we stalemate in the gap and then there's nowhere for the ball to run. And so um, that's kind of the, that's what we found. That's sort of the intricacy of the football team uh, that we, we found. And, look, I, and that was that was a, a 10,000 foot view. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about in the double team? No, coach. I think I think you described it perfectly. I know when we were running that uh, at BW, we uh, we did a lot of uh, we did similar techniques. I think a lot of it came from the uh, cool clinic and uh, you know, that whole uh, group of offensive line coaches, which um, for our listeners out there, we have that clinic coming up. If you go to cool.coachesclinic.com, you are an offensive line coach. That's one you de- definitely need to attend. Uh, but no, great detail on that coach. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Well, coach, uh, an incredible amount of detail today on how you've progressed through your career teaching uh, the power double team and uh, definitely would like to have you back at another time and talk some short yardage goal line that you guys are known for but in looking at all the things you do as a coach what's the one thing you would point to that really gives your guys the winning edge so i think um you know one of the one of the important parts about about giving them the winning edge is is finding a way to get total investment, right? You have to, especially, especially at offensive line where you're asking them to do, you know, arguably one of the hardest things in sports, right? Where your back is to the ball the whole time. Um, you're trying to move people. You're trying to protect the guy who's behind you, you know, uh, and you never really know exactly what's going on, but you need those guys to play their hearts out, man. Like you've got to, you've got to get them in a, in a place where, like nothing else matters around them, but playing hard for each other, protecting other people around them, uh, even though they're at the, one of the biggest disadvantages in all of athletics. And, you know, so I think finding that way to, to get them to totally invest is really important. And, you know, Coach Bloomgren says, you know, as coaches, our expectation is to teach, reach and demand. Right. So teach everything that you're supposed to teach, reach the guys that aren't necessarily all bought in or that need extra guidance and then demand a lot. And, uh, demand, I think, is, is really important. But when you talk about and reaching, you know, it's all about the little things that you do and, and letting them know that you're totally invested, right? Like, I have done everything I can to help you be successful here, right? Whether it's, you know, putting their cut-ups together, uh, little things like having, the, having your, your playlist, your meeting cut-ups and drawings ready to go up on the computer before they walk into the room so that when the meeting starts, the meeting starts. And they know, like, hey, it's time to go. Um, it's time to learn. It's time to flip that switch. Not, not like whenever it feels time, but like, Hey, this is, it's game time now. Let's go. 
Um, I think talking and forming relationships with them in extra time, right? Like my guys have to get to the meeting room 10 minutes early. Well, they have to get to the room, meeting room 10 minutes early because I want to put on music and I want to talk to them. You know, like I want to I want to get to know them better. And that's a really easy, quick thing to do to make sure that you're finding time to, to make relationships, especially in a time where it's really hard to, to be around them because of all the restrictions that are in place. Uh, and then have really clear expectations, right? Like this is what I expect from you. Uh, and you've got to hold everybody to those expectations. You have to be consistent in what you're asking for. Um, and you have to like realize if, if you told them something that, you know, might not be exactly what you wanted and you've got to own that, right? Like that's really important as a coach. Hey, I understand what I told you. Uh, I, I was, I was kind of messed up in that. Like, here's how I really want it to be, you know? And um, just knowing that, that you've, you've prepared so hard and so well uh, for them to be successful. And then again, talking about passion to be able to bring that same passion into the meeting room consistently as a coach, you know, we, we always tell players, you know, like you should, you should never, you can't have an off day when you're in the building, right there. You, you can't have a bad day. Like if you're having a bad day, you got to fake it. Right. And we got to do the same things. Like we have to, we have to run good meetings. We have to bring great energy. And I think those are like really simple, easy little steps that you can do really easy little things that you can do uh, to promote that total investment that you need from those guys. And then, you know, the last step is, you know, taking them to deep water, you know, can you push them really, really hard to that point where, you know, they are working harder than they've ever worked. They've done more than they've ever done. And then you're able to turn back around in a week and say, guys, was this like the hardest week of practice? Yes. Did you get better from it? Yes, we did. Was it worth it is always my last question. And their answer tends to be yes. You know, and so when you can get those guys into deep water and make them realize that by getting there, they were able to grow, you know, whether it be, you know, showing a clip from one-on-one -on -one pass rush from that day and then showing a clip from team where they did it really well, showing a clip from Indy, you know, where they did it really well. You can put those three things up on the, on, on the, um, on the screen and show them doing those things with really great effort and tell them that you've gotten better at this. Here's the proof. There's where you get your total investment. And so I think that is, that's the, that's the key to it all. In my opinion. Coach, what are the areas that you recruit? So if our guys out there have somebody, uh, they're able to get in contact with you. <laughs> yeah. So I recruit all of Louisiana. I recruit, um, I recruit uh, parts of Houston. I recruit East Texas. So like the golden triangle Beaumont area. And then I, and I recruit, like if you draw a line straight down, vertically down Florida, I'm on the West side of Florida. So like the panhandle, uh, and, and that area. Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? So, uh, the two best ways, Twitter, uh, my handle is SandersDavis225. It's a great way to get me. And then the other way is email. And my email is S as in Sierra, P as in Papa, D as in Delta, 6 at rice.edu. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I look forward to getting you back on the podcast and talking some short yardage and goal line. And uh, until then, best of luck to you and the Owls. I really appreciate it, Coach. Thank you for having me today. This is this has been a lot of fun, and I look forward to it again. Thanks again for listening to the Coach and Coordinator podcast. Please check out all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com. We've got some great things coming for you in May, and for the last three months or so of this offseason, we'll be back with All In on Offense and our deep dive on defense. 
We have some great interviews with coaches, as well as some quick casts that we'll throw in there. Check out all we're doing again at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.